Welcome to Story Shaped, the podcast about the stories that shape us and have the power to change the world. I'm Susan Cahill, debut children's author, and my co-host is the seasoned and wonderful children's author Sinead O'Hart. Together, we'll be taking you through some deep dives into the books that shaped us and interviewing other writers about their favourite and most influential stories. We hope you'll enjoy Story Shaped. Hello, hello. We're back again with another episode of Story Shaped Podcast. Um, this week is slightly different. We're not going to do a deep dive into a classic children's fantasy novel. Um, Susan and I thought uh, we might do a smaller episode, um, but it's going to be one that's about books that we are currently reading that we currently uh, or books that we have recently read that we have really enjoyed um, and that we're going to sort of sell them to each other, I guess, or try to convince the other uh of the merits uh, of the wonderful book that we have enjoyed. Um, and so that's what we're going to do today. It's kind of like a head to head or a, a book death match. I don't know what you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, well, I was just thinking of it as what books are shaping us now? But I, I <laughs> OK, I like sorry, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm going down the road of the death match. Right. OK, so cool. Now, that's much more uh, civilized. <laughs> the books that are shaping us at the moment. Um, so Susan but has there chosen. Could be an element of, of, there could be an element of death match in it. I've chosen. I got ready for my arm uh, wrestling match, Susan. Come on, you can't let <laughs> all my training go to waste. <laughs> no, sorry. Go on. You chose for your book um, for this? <laughs> well, mine's not a children's book, but it is related to our episode on Charmed Life because I've chosen Juno Dawson's Her Majesty's Royal Coven, wow. um, which is a book about witches. Um, right. what have you chosen and then shall we try and convince I, each other sure I have chosen what I think is the best book I've read this year um, I don't see it being unseated anytime soon anyway um, it is a children's book it's written by the wonderful Sharon Gosling um, it's called The Extraordinary Voyage of Katie Willicott published by Little Tiger in uh, July um, I suppose I should say to start disclaimer that Little Tiger is my own publisher as well but this hasn't influenced my uh, decision to choose this book Genuinely, this book is a masterpiece uh, from an author whose work has consistently delighted me over the years. But this book is on another level completely. So I, I love it. I want people to buy it. I want to pick it up. <laughs> so that's why I picked it today for our our celebrity, not death match, but our book comparison or the books that are shaping us now. Because this, this book, certainly, if I'd read it when I was... The, the target age, I guess, you know, 10, 12, um, it certainly would have shaped me. Uh, it's it's an incredibly powerful and uh, accomplished piece of work. But anyway, I'm getting too involved too early. So let's uh, let's start with you. Tell me all about Juno Dawson's book. OK, so um, the, it's, first of all, it's got a brilliant title, Her Majesty's Royal Coven. Um, and the acronym of that is HMRC, which anyone living in the UK will recognise as the Government Department of uh, Her Majesty's um, Revenue and Customs. But in the world of this novel, um, HMRC is Her Majesty's Royal Coven. So we're in a, a version of our world in which there is a secret coven of witches. Uh, I'm going to read the blurb 
Um, so the blurb says, hidden among us is a secret coven of witches. They are Her Majesty's royal coven. They protect crown and country from magical forces and otherworldly evil, but their greatest enemy will come from within. There are whisperings of a prophecy that will bring the coven to its knees, and five best friends are about to be caught at the centre. Life as a modern witch was never simple, but now it's about to get apocalyptic. Um, this is, oh, it's so good. Um, I can't stop reading it. This is one of the books that I'm just like, it's, it's filling up my it's filling up all of my thoughts and every other thing that I'm doing, apart from this podcast, of course, is seen secondary to, to this book. Because all I want to do is sit and read about Her Majesty's Royal Coven. It's Juno Dawson's first adult book. She's written YA novels before. Um, and it's also the first of a trilogy. And I cannot wait to keep going with 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 this world. Um, Juno Dawson has said about this book that um, she wrote it during lockdown and her husband said to her, she, she was finding, she, she was not getting on with the book that she was writing and her husband said to her, what would you really want to write? And so she said, what I really want to write is the Spice Girls, but they're witches. What a brilliant way to sum it up. That is the Spice Isn't Girls, it? but they're witches. Oh my I God. know well, that's, so, that's why I mean that's why she was top of her field. Oh my goodness, that's amazing! Absolutely, yeah, to be able to sum it up so succinctly yeah. and so in such a catchy <laughs> way that is, I can only aspire to that level of of queendom. So do you know, I salute you. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and have you have you read Jenna Dawson? No, it's uh, it's it's for. Sorry, have you read her? Have you read her books for younger readers? I actually don't think I have read any Jenna Dawson. I, it's a shocking, a shocking gap in my. I haven't, but. It is, but I'm about to go out and buy everything that Juno Dawson has um, written, <laughs> written because this book is this book is brilliant. Um, and yes, yeah, so it's about five friends who are all witches. Um, some of them are part of Her Majesty's Royal Coven, some aren't. Because what's really interesting about this book, I'm not going to give any spoilers because um, because it's a new book and you should all go out and buy it and read it. Um, and it's told from the perspective of of each one of the, the five friends. Um, and the Her Majesty's Royal Coven, it's a government organization. And Juno Dawson is she's quite brilliantly using Her Majesty's Royal Coven as a kind of way of thinking about feminism, mm -hmm. thinking about kind of institutional feminism, thinking about white feminism. Oh brilliant. Um because one of the things that this book does is so in the in this world women are witches men can be warlocks but they're never as powerful as women so in her majesty's royal coven it's um it's like a matriarchy it's it's run by women but of course it exists in our world so it has to contend with the patriarchy in our world um but also because she's looking at witches are women men are not as magically powerful as women what happens if you introduce a transgender witch into that situation oh, how yeah. does the institution of the coven deal with the idea of 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 a transgender witch it's brilliant it's, it's so um, fantastic if it isn't too done. spoilery to ask this question like is having more magic than would typically be 
available to a man, is that a sign that a person is transgender before they even kind of maybe be aware of it themselves? Or does that come into it at all? I kind of wonder if you were if you were a young yeah, transgender girl think... growing up as a boy, I wonder if would, would that would that be the first tinglings of oh I wonder <laughs> you know uh, which, uh, by having more magic than you should it have. absolutely deals with that but I'm not I'm not, not right okay so it's too spoilery okay I think, yeah I that think such a I think you need idea. to read yeah yeah it's so it's brilliant right. um and the world building is amazing uh and I I love books that you know it's our world but there's like this kind of the secret magical part it's also quite a brilliant of reaction against books that shall not books that shall not, shall be, not named. be named we all know what you mean by that okay um, <laughs> yeah and no it, it it just so cleverly tackles transphobia white feminism the place of non-european traditions of magic within a kind of a british magical institution it's so it's so well done and it's a brilliant story like I cannot cannot stop reading it okay well I'm sold I think that's me <laughs> strike strike <laughs> one one nail <laughs> one to Susan <laughs> that sounds amazing all um, right tell I me I had a question I had a question yours. before we go but again it might be it might oh be yeah go to answer you said you said that the, the world still has to contend with the strictures of patriarchy but does the fact that mm-hmm. women have more magic does that have an impact on the patriarchy again it might be impossible to answer the question I mean does it does it I hate to use this academic term that we were all using in the, back in the day but does it problematize the patriarchy uh to have women having more power in one sense than than men have or can you answer that um, question without being spoilery well like I think yeah because the I think it's dealt with quite early on in the book because yeah the women have more power than the men but the men because okay, they're warlocks and they've got magic, but they've still grown up in our world. Or they've still grown up. Where in they've a, been informed by a society that makes them into, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so they, they have issues with, they have issues with the fact that women have more power. They, like it's uncomfortable for them that women have more power than them. And there has been a, like the, these people are all survivors of a war in which mm. that was significant. But again, I'm not going to say too much about that. Okay, right. Sorry, go, I'm asking. Go asking, read. I'm asking questions that are getting into spoiler territory, so I shan't ask anymore. But that sounds amazing. So I can't wait. I'm going to get that as soon as I can. Uh, that sounds brilliant. So that was Juna Dawson's Her Majesty's Royal Coven. Um, and we should hopefully mm-hmm. have links up to purchase on our Partner bookshops uh, on the show notes and the book I said I've chosen is Sharon Gosling's Extraordinary, The Extraordinary Voyage of Katie Willicott. So as you did, I shall read the blurb. Um, begins with a quote from the book. Um, it's extraordinary women doing extraordinary things. There are more of us than folk realise. And the blurb then continues. Living among the ferns and flowers of Kew Gardens, Katie has always dreamed of more. She longs to sail the high seas in search of an epic adventure. Unfortunately, her father believes young girls should be content to stay at home. When news reaches London of a meteorite landing in Brazil and an expedition being put together to find it, Katie knows it's her chance to follow her dreams and prove her father wrong. Disguised as a boy, she manages to secure a place on the trip and so begins her extraordinary voyage across oceans and through the jungle on the trail of a fallen star. So I guess in some ways, there's no magic in this book, but I guess in some ways it echoes some of the themes that you were talking about in in Juno Dawson's book. Um, It is just you know from the point of view of story it's absolutely gripping 
from the point of view of all the issues that it deals with and raises, it's absolutely compelling. From the point of view of um, Sharon Gosling's just ability to construct sentences, <laughs> it's it's a, a masterclass. Um, it's 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 beautiful. And it's a beautiful book. It's it's got a gorgeous cover illustrated by, if I can read it here, uh, Christina Kister. Um, it's a really gorgeous, beautiful cover. Um, and it's the story of Katie Willicott, who lives, as we said, in, in Kew Gardens. Her, her mother and her father both work, which I think is a great, um, you know, it was a lovely uh, addition. Her mother is a, is a botanist and her father works as an archaeologist. Um, her mother works in Kew Gardens, uh, so they get sort of free accommodation, I guess, in, in the gardens because of her mother's position. And um, Katie is so full of... Uh, vim and brilliance and intelligence and she wants to see the world she wants to explore she wants to do the things her father's doing she wants to do the things her brother is doing uh, her brother Stefan um, is is you know he gets brought on archaeological expeditions with their dad even though Katie is better at the job than he is uh, because just because he's a boy he gets brought and she doesn't um, she she loves and respects her mother, loves her mother deeply and respects her mother's work, but it's seen as a more feminine science, you know, as opposed to what her, her dad does. Um, so she kind of rails against the idea that she is supposed to or that her path is to follow her mother into the botanical sciences. She doesn't really want to do that. Um, and it, it all comes to a head one day when her father decides to bring Stefan, her brother, on an archaeological dig. That sounds so exciting. And even though Katie has her tools all ready to go, they're clean and they're in her pouch and in her belt and she's ready. Um, and Stefan has to gather his from all corners of the house and they're all covered in clay from the last time he was out digging and he has to tidy them up. And, you know, and even though Stefan himself <laughs> admits, yeah, you know, you're better at this than me, but, you know, that's not what girls do. She just, it just, you know, she just loses it in her, in her, in, oh. inside herself. And she sees an ad in the paper for an expedition going to Brazil that's looking for looking for crew. Um, and it just as I as I said, I'm trying to avoid spoilers as well. But to to when when the when the ship event, which she does eventually manage, she runs away from home. She disguises herself as a boy, cuts off her hair, um, and she calls herself uh, uh William William. Goodness, I'm blocking out now. William Cutter, I think it is. Um, but she has she has another name all the way through the book that uh, she sort of has to sort of she kind of chafes against. You know, she does eventually become uh, happy, I suppose, to be referred to as William. And then when people call her Katie again at the end, she kind of it, it takes a second to readjust. Um, but uh, just the, the the bravery and the strength and the courage it takes for her to get from her house to the, the port, to get on board ship, to prove that she's a worthy seaman, to, that she can do the job of a, of a cabin boy. She does incredible things on board ship. Um, but the, the true motive of the voyage becomes apparent as, as they travel. Um, the, 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 the person who has who has called the voyage um, uh, has his own deep and nefarious reasons for wanting to go to Brazil. And they don't involve just uh, doing, you know, uh, uh, a, 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 an expedition to find uh, or to catalogue uh, animals and plants and stuff like that. Um, there's a, there's a far more dangerous and 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 destructive motive. Uh, motive, and um, what's really amazing about this book is how well it deals with things like colonialism, um, mm. exploitation, um, how it deals with um, uh, the oppression of of indigenous people, as well as how it deals with uh, uh, issues of feminism, issues of of of, of you know. Uh, women's and men's roles being different and girls being treated differently to, to boys and 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 how unfair that is um and it's it's just I found myself just like you know the, a, a book that you just cannot literally just you can't leave out your hand uh, yeah. I was cook, cooking dinner with one hand while reading this book with the other <laughs> you know that kind of thing it's 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 just incredible um I love Sharon Gosling's previous books as well uh, she says she's an amazing uh she has a really wide range of work. She she works in in adult uh, fiction as well as as well as children's fiction, um. But this one is just 
Head and Shoulders Above Anything uh, that she has written, I think, in the past. As, as good as her previous books have been, this is this is a step up. And um, it's definitely, it's popped its way into my top 10 of all time, I think. And oh, wow. So I, I, I won't read a better book this year, I don't think. Um, so I really, really recommend um, The Extraordinary Voyage of Katie Willicott by Sharon Gosling, which came out in July. Um, so it is it is brand new and it should be available through all good bookshops. Probably bad ones too, but you know, whatever. <laughs> that, that sounds excellent. It sounds like what an do excellent, you think of that? Yeah. It sounds like an excellent swashbuckling adventure that is also doing really like contemporary and worthwhile things with the genre. Yeah, sounds really interesting to me. That sounded it's, a bit academic, but um, no, but it's true. It is. It's it's, it's it's doing really important work. I think is is yeah. another way of putting it. Um, like certainly like, like like so many books that we that we love and that we've discussed on the pod before you know it, it has it, it deals with massive themes you know um, but in a way that's completely accessible to the to the target audience you know you know uh, I suppose I can I can imagine reading this book as as though I were 10 or 11 or 12 or you know the, the target age and thinking how much I would have absolutely just absorbed this book it would have just become part of my DNA um, and that's why I love it still even though I'm no longer 10. Um, that's a long time ago. Um, ten but it's inside. 10 inside. Absolutely. Yes. And forever. Hopefully will be that way. Um, but it's just it's just such an accomplished book and it's it's emotional. It, ha- it has just it has everything I love in a story. It has a, it has a brilliant protagonist who is a girl who's, who's so brave and who just goes against all the strictures of her time and of her class, I suppose, as well, and just gets on with it and, and just goes on, goes and has the adventure that she wants to have. Um, it just wraps up so perfectly at the end. The plot is excellent, um, and uh, it's just and it's so beautifully written. And it left me with a sense. And there's an author's note at the back, which is really worth reading as well. It's about um, Sharon Gosling's own sort of the reasons why she picked the particular book that she wrote, the reasons why she she brought it down the the, the, the paths it went down, and why she tackled the, the various different um, issues that she tackled in the book. And it also very amazingly, it sort of it sort of catalogues her research and 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 her sources for the various things that she she talks about, because a lot of it is to do with indigenous issues of um, uh, the rainforest in Brazil, as as it was at the end of the 19th century. Unfortunately, it's mm-hmm. even in a worse situation now than it was then. Um, but I just hope it's read by kids who will, I suppose, take the messages to heart, not only the messages of of how much girls can achieve when they're allowed to, but also how, how important it is to take care of the world that we have and, and to and to protect the wildlife and also to respect indigenous cultures, uh, which have, you know, traditionally always been more in step with nature than than Western or, or whatever cultures. Um, and we need to listen to them at uh, or or you know at our peril we, you know we ignore them at our peril but it's 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 a brilliant book i really recommend it and i hope it sounds brilliant you. and it's got it's it's got elements that elements that speak to me so if there is archaeology if there's a ship if there's a rainforest like i'm i'm into those books and in fact it's got all three it i'm does. buying it right now yes <laughs> And it's feminist as well, so and it's feminist. How could I forget feminism? <laughs> so I think is it a draw? What do you think? Have we have we? Uh, I think know? it might be a draw. Might be a I think. Yeah, we're the witches and the archaeologists have have reached a truce. <laughs> have reached a truce. Very good. Yeah. Well, this is a this is a little mini pod. Um, 
So to keep you tidying, to keep you ticking over, to tie, tie the pot over until uh, we begin our um, guest interviews, which hopefully will be beginning very soon. Um, and I hope that you've enjoyed our TED uh, Juno versus Sharon, um, <laughs> which is, as I suspected, it has ended in a draw. But the two books are fantastic. <laughs> Um, they, these are the stories that are shaping Susan and I at the moment, and we sincerely hope that you pick up a copy of each and that they, you let them shape you too, because the shapes that they'll turn you into are, are good ones. Um, but until we speak to you again, we shall sign off. Uh, thanks so much again, as we always say, for, for listening to the, to the podcast and for enjoying it and for getting in touch and telling us uh, what you think. Uh, we're always open to suggestions uh to feedback um anything you want to tell us um our email address is in show notes and uh, you can contact us on twitter at story pod um and until next time i bid you adieu and susan bye-bye <laughs> you have been listening to story shaped with susan cahill and sinead o'hart follow us on twitter at story shaped pod And don't forget to subscribe on the streaming service of your choice so that you never miss an episode. Music by Tony Betts. Mm